All right, 1 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. And as always on a Tuesday in the 1 o'clock hour, Nate Taylor from The Athletic joining us. Of course, you hear him on the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights on 610 Sports Radio. What's going on, man? See, he's got, he didn't even know he was going to be on camera today on the video stream. Nice, crisp, clean shirt brought into the studio today. Looking good, man. What's up? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I'm happy to see the sun is out. Barely, I think. Hey, it's better than yesterday. It is. <laughs> and this morning. Uh-huh. So, no, I'm I'm doing fine. Um, trying to keep track of how many players the, the Chargers have on the injury report <laughs> upcoming this week. Okay. A lot. My I guess goodness. guessing who's going to play is really the fun because mm-hmm. it was reported that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going to practice, but Keenan Allen made it pretty clear, didn't he, last week? He's like, I'm not playing until I'm 100% healthy, so... And you don't even ask, as a matter of fact. And you can't blame Keenan because he's been hurt his entire career. Right. And it's and I mean, I don't know if it's the same training staff, same training and medical staff throughout his career in Los Angeles, but that might play into it to a degree as well. He's obviously getting up there in age. Um, yeah, I think it's it's understandable as to why Keenan would, would make uh such a statement or make such a, you know, an, an understanding to him and the and the team, but I mean, Justin Herbert was throwing to us out there, y'all, on Sunday night uh, in a comeback situation. Um, this is pretty much for the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two teams look vastly different than week two in Arrowhead, the amazing Amazon primetime debut. It's only been You still worse. using that fire stick they gave to the media for free? You still got that fire stick? They hand that on that press box. They they did. Um, I have Amazon <laughs> Prime. I ain't really been going for the football games of late. <laughs> Can you? They paid for like nothing but like Bears Commanders for apparently like eight straight weeks. They gave us Falcons Panthers. I mean, it's more for memes, Falcons, I guess. Yeah, you get Titans Packers else. this Thursday. All right, I'll I'll, I'll check in. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what's going on. Uh, Ryan Tannehill actually looked competent. Yeah especially in the second half once he got back into a rhythm against the Denver Broncos. But nah, man, nah, I just, I, I'm mostly here for people commenting about how um, frustrated Al Michaels is with his oh, own, yeah, with he's his own just, career decisions. He's like, screw at this point. He's like, I'm going to voice my frustration. He's just like, he's miserable kind of mm-hmm. by the time we get to the third and fourth quarter of these yeah. games, he can, doesn't care anymore. It's like the- Denny Matthews, man. It's the same thing. It's like when, when, when we're like our, it's like, 20 minutes into a, after a three-hour game. Diddy can't oh, take it anymore. He's like, Diddy. idiots, finish this game. None of us want to watch anymore. Honestly, I respect it. I don't care. <laughs> Here we are in the seventh. It's 7-2. Did we tell you about Tuesday at the ballpark? Yeah. Insert some promotion. Um, Yeah, I I understand that. I also think, too, can, can the league just tell – Al Michaels more things. Obviously, they told him that, like, we don't want um, Dan Snyder to be an owner anymore. Yeah, no he kidding. Literally he, yes. verbatim was mm-hmm. like, I will be an instrument. Um, can, can the league tell him more things? Because he actually makes it interesting if he obviously is aware of things. And, hey, you know, if Roger Goodell says, hey, dog, can you uh, – I mean, I know it's Amazon Prime. I know it ain't the full country. But, you know, the clip will go out there. It'll be, it'll be on the on the, uh, on the the internet uh, – what do we want to do next <laughs> that we can tell it's, Al Michaels in between, like you said, commanders, giants. The, the Chiefs, though, 
getting set for this game, we didn't hear from Andy yesterday. We'll hear from him tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you have any insight at all, but because everybody's wondering really about both wide receivers for this team and their mm-hmm. status, because it's one thing for Juju, the scary, scary hit. And I want to get your perspective just on that hit in general, but Juju concussion protocol status up in the air. Let's say he's not a go. Then to me, like then you do need McCole Hartman, that whatever mm-hmm. abdominal injury. And I don't know if you have any insight on that, but you, you don't want to be without both of those guys for this game. Right. So my understanding with McCole is they did some tests on Wednesday morning and basically were like, eh, let's let's give you some days to like let it heal, let it, you know, the swelling or whatever go down. Um, we'll get an update on basically tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, there's a chance he could play in Sunday's game based on my understanding. Um, I don't think it's fair for Chiefs fans to expect Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. to be on the field Sunday. The league. Um, that feels like the Tua thing. Like, even if he feels yes. good, they're not going to let him play, right? Yes. Uh, time is to your advantage um, when it comes to cognitive head injuries. Um, and I don't know how many concussions Juju has had in his career, but if you are someone who's had multiple, or if this is your second or third, you should um, you should take extreme caution um, in terms of uh, return to play. And look, I know like there's been comments made by Alex Smith, who I adore. Um, because now he's obviously on our side of this as, as, a, as an analyst, as a former player. And he knows, and he's said it um, in a couple places, about how you can progress through the league's concussion protocol pretty quickly. Um, and I wonder if the league understands that and now is trying to um, inform players that, like, the two weeks is really the minimum moving forward versus a week coming after having a, a head injury. Yeah, just the background on, on Juju, you can, you know, pull up his injury history. So back in 2017, he had a concussion, what they call a grade one concussion. He set out the next game for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in October of that same year, 2017, it said he, he missed minimal time in week seven, returned for week eight, concussion grade one. Uh, in 2019, concussion grade one, he's, he sustained during week 11 game, missed one game. So that's it's not it's not the first one. It's the fourth, yeah. at the very least, and we know the way the NFL standards work. Probably like the tenth, mm-hmm. based on that. Which means, and some of those times, those concussion stuff can show up late. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you'd be fine for four days, and then day five, here comes the headache. Yeah, here comes the light sensitivity, mm-hmm. and there is to for especially for the Chiefs' sake. There's absolutely no reason to do it. And maybe they're feeling better today because Kadarius Tony played so great. And they're like, yeah, maybe we can get by yep. for a little bit. And that's probably how I'd feel if I were Kansas City, too. Like, mm-hmm. if he needs a game or two off, at least the next two games are against the Chargers, who are not the same team, as you had pointed out, that they had faced earlier in the year. And the Rams, whose best player by a mile is now on the injured reserve. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't need the same amount of weapons to go up against those two teams. And honestly, like the Chargers game, I can't believe we're going to end up coming into this game with this list, this this little amount of hype. The Chiefs are massive favorites mm-hmm. to win their division now. Yep. And if they win this one, it's done. It's They'll be cooked. minus yeah. 4,000, mm-hmm. 5,000. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They'll put a number out there that no one would bet. Yeah. Um, the reason there will be a little buzz is based on the result. And I think sometimes it's okay to do this. But based on the result, the charge will be, what, 5-5? Five and five? And there will be real questions as to say, why is this not working with Brandon Staley with obviously, you know, Justin Herbert to some extent it is his problem, but it's by and large the organizational's problem. And Hey, wasn't this supposed to be the defense that was best equipped in my opinion, in my assessment in the off season to combat the chiefs offense in the division. Yeah. So I think there's little buzz 
going into the game, Cody, to your point, but there will be much more, I think, criticism and assessment harsh on the Chargers if they lose or if they get embarrassed in their home stadium. Um, I like to remind everybody that every Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert game has been dramatic, has yeah, been has. close, has been super duper captivating. This might be the first dud if the Chiefs just come out and just execute at a very high level, if they can just command the trenches on both sides of the ball, which I think there's a chance for that to occur on Sunday. But um, the hype is Herbert Mahomes. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. don't look at don't look at roster spots two through fifty four. Don't don't do it on the LA side. But if you're the Chargers, I would suggest not that this is a full kitchen sink game, but let's let's Tink- let's, let's tinker some things. Well, I would actually say that, like, I felt what, like that's what they tried Sunday night against the 49ers. That seemed like they were knowing the Chiefs. That seemed like yes. a, a game they felt they were all in on it. Yes. And I get the sense, too, that, like, you can tinker with some things. Like, do you got any trick plays? Because now might be a time to use them. Um, hey, you, you were, you know, I don't know if you were fairly criticized, but hey, everybody was captivated by your ability to go for it on fourth down last year. I know you sort of, you know, trended Found that. the middle ground of that. Tr- yeah, yeah, trended that downward, mostly because of personnel. And, hey, I'm an NFL coach with some experience now. Might want to ratchet that thing right back up. Um, because, you know, I thought Jacksonville last week tried their best early on, but they weren't fully committed. Like, we'll get the onside kick. But then didn't go for any of the force that they yes. should have. Still yeah. On the plus side of the field. So it's always like the half-ass version of it, so, which is never – that's the worst place to be. All in or nothing is yes. better. So, so Mr. Gold, if we going to do it, we got to go <laughs> all the way. And, again, that's just on offense. I would not throw the kitchen sink from a defensive standpoint at Patrick Mahomes. I would just say, hey, dog, we dropping eight every down. See you in the red zone. You know, with the, see you, see you. You can have all these yards in the middle of the field. We'll see you in the red zone and hope that either a you make a mistake or b please kick a field goal, please, please, Lord. We mentioned a little bit with Kadarius Tony earlier. I think we were all a little bit off in this regard. Like I didn't, you know, like I had questions anyway. But we all like pulled. I don't know anybody who came on the show and ourselves. Hey, what do you <laughs> think uh, his role looks like the rest of the year? Like, ah, oh, it's more about twenty twenty three. You know, two two fifty. I could see that makes sense. They'll find some spots to use him. Did the Chiefs realize they'd use him this much? Like, did they see it different than we did the whole time? Or did they just get in the middle of the game and they're like, oh. I just wonder about the the whole injury as well, how much that factored into it. Yes, that factored into it to some degree. But you want to know what I think the biggest um, key is? You know, I try to tell, like, fans this to, like, you know, see if they can understand it. And I'll I'll try again. Um, Because some fans get it and some fans are like, well, that just seems like a lot for, like, who knows what the benefits are. And like, hey, that's fine. Try to put yourself in a receiver's mind. This is why they're divas. <laughs> right here. Dog, I'm running wind sprints. You want me to run hard all the time. You want me to block in space for my teammate. You want me to understand the framework of the offense, which is clearly a thing in Andy Reid's system. Oh, yeah. You need to know all the positions. You need to know all the route combinations. You need to know the concepts and like how you can bend the rules or stay within them when it comes to Mahomes, whether he's in the pocket scrambling. There's so many things you got to think of. Do you want to just hang out with this man 24-7? Because that's what Kadarius Tony has done. Um, He landed, and then Patrick saw him the next day. I think on both sides, it benefited them to do that because obviously they were excited to play with one another, 
And now it's like, well, we're here. We're in the facility. It's a bye week. But the superstar quarterback is like, let's go through some tape. Let me see what you like. Let me, let me. Here's what coaching staff is thinking of it. Here's what Joe Blameyer, the wide receiver coach, kind of is seeing right now. Oh, Andy's always here. So now he's going to walk us through a few things. And, hey, we can go outside and pass the ball for a little bit, you know. And all of a sudden, he's in the facility all the time. He's in the playbook. He is he is attached to Patrick Mahomes' hip like Travis Kelsey is all the time. And you wonder, why does that matter? Or how does that connect on the field? Got to know what the quarterback's thinking. Within all the other stuff that is required from a receiver standpoint of, like, coverage, leverage, where's my split? What is the down and distance? If the quarterback scrambles, am I coming this way, that way? How does he like to see me in zone coverage? What does he see that I need to see so that I can get the ball? No one has done it this fast. And I think that surprised the Chiefs as much as it has surprised us, which is like Kadarius Tony kind of understands everything and is he's got a good feel for it apparently. And has yet to make a like legitimate mistake, whether that's film study in the facility or on the field in practice and on game day. So if the quarterback is like, this feels good, and if he's this wide open, because and this is to the Chiefs credit in terms of projecting ahead for 2023. Mm-hmm. MVS running deep routes. Hey, you got to cover that because he's really fast and the quarterback can actually get the ball there. So every safety's playing back anyway, even though it's not the same as Tyreek Hill. Well, Travis Kelsey takes all the attention. The reason Kadarius Tony is so wide open is because the Chiefs are in the red zone and the Jaguars are like, he cannot touch the ball. He being Travis Kelsey. Why is there three dudes next to him and nobody's next to that guy who ran just the decoy jet sweep? So when you add a McCole Harmon back into the mix, as long as he's in these one-on-one scenarios, as long as he's in that zone look that Mahomes like, I mean, he can catch the high point. He can make something out of of nothing in the short yardage situation. Obviously, Andy likes what he sees so far. So there's a reason to believe the production is just going to go way quicker rise much faster than anybody anticipated because the wide receiver has now gotten the full trust of the quarterback and you can only build on that more as the season goes along. We're talking to Nate Taylor from the athletic. He's in studio with us here on Cody and gold Clyde Edwards, Alaire, just six snaps. Uh, They threw the ball to him twice uh, on those six snaps. Mm -hmm. Pacheco, even with the fumble Andy went right back to the rookie show, trusted him and the rookie uh, obviously went out there and performed after the fumble was able to, to have a decent day on the ground. Is that what we should expect the rest of the way? Or would we be surprised in a week or so that Clyde suddenly has 15 snaps and 20 snaps again? I think 12 to 15 seems reasonable for Clyde. Here's what I would look for if I'm Brendan Staley telling the Chargers. Guys, their best runner is Isaiah Pacheco. Straight up a fact. And their best pass catcher is McKinnon, right? Correct. And best pass protector. Oh, no, by far, pass protector, yeah. So anytime Clyde's on the field in these 12 to 15 snaps that we can project, because Andy will want to keep some level of balance because it will still allow defenses to have to account for more players in the skill position area, screens, angle routes, the occasional handoff on an inside zone counter read, coming out of shotgun by and large, and... He is pretty good still when Patrick scrambles. Now, we haven't seen it a ton, but those are the four things that I would say. I would love to see the Chiefs use Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the screen game, and there have been times against the Chargers 
where he's run these short routes designed for running backs with great pass catching ability and ability to like maybe make the first guy miss. One of his best plays of the season in that Thursday night game was an angle route, and he blew up Derwin James. So, fellas, they might run it again. And, you know, if he gets the ball, try to contain him to two to three yards because that's what any statistical analysis will tell you. He does not break tackles at the rate you want, and he does not push the pile forward the same way Pacheco does. So I still think there's a role for Clyde to play. It might benefit the Chiefs against certain opponents, but I do think they are going to use Clyde to some degree. But on first down, second down runs, we want to we want to move people. That'll be Isaiah Pacheco moving forward. They're gonna move him in the offseason. Well, they like holding running backs hostage because Ronald Jones keeps tweeting about it. So I know that they'll just hold on to a guy. Say, what are you you gonna get a six round pick? Yeah, probably. Well, I'm not saying you get much. Everybody knows it's sunk cost at this point. Yeah, you're not getting you're never getting your value back. You shouldn't have spent a first in the you know to begin with. There's always there's you know this is not uh, this is not gonna be uh, exciting to probably our listeners, but I always tell people that like he's still on the rookie contract. Yeah, it's still a relatively cheap contract. Um, you might go pick up that fifth year option. So basically, you could treat him as a third, fourth, or fifth round pick at this point. And that's how I would consider Chiefs fans look at him moving forward. He's no longer a first round pick. He's a second to third to fourth, somewhere in that category. And if you reevaluate him that way, you can maybe get a really good season next year out of him because he will have known the offense. He will be another year in the system. Guys on the team like him. It's not like he's an issue no. in the locker room or in the meeting rooms. I think he's done a very good job of. Um, understanding Pacheco's talents while also being aware that, like, for a, a myriad of reasons, it just hasn't worked out so far in his NFL career. And look, if Patrick is telling everybody in the world the the hole's going to develop that way and you run opposite, well, I mean, this is just the reality of the situation. But maybe you can get better in your fourth year. It's, it just takes guys sometimes longer than you expect, than you want, than you anticipate. But... I would at least make some calls, but I would probably keep him with the team for 2023 with the understanding that, like, he could still be a pass-catching weapon if, say, Jerick McKinnon is not on the team next year. We've talked a lot about the offense, of course, understandably so. What about this defense? That You know, Trent McDuffie, last week we asked you. You really hadn't seen a test yet. You had mentioned <laughs> Cincinnati. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, one, they might get a test if Williams and Keenan Allen are available on Sunday. That would be a great test. But he, to me, had his first test because it wasn't just that he was covering so well that they wouldn't throw the ball in his direction. The Jags threw in his direction, and and I thought we got our answer and saw him actually make a play in coverage, which was a great sign. Yeah, and he's just – I think the word that keeps coming to me is he's smooth and he's technically sound. Um, He gets his head around. It sounds silly, but it's just like he always feels like he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. (laughs) Um, I didn't feel that way about the corners all the time, Nate. Not going to lie. Fenton was the opposite. I always felt like you're doing what he wasn't supposed to be. Fenton was the he was the hero we all we all loved, which is that was gonna I be the most use, hated player on the team. I gotta use every trick in the book. Let me hold you, let me rough you up, let me um you know, kind of be in the, the way. The rest of ours pickup strategy for yes, basketball, right? Yes. I mean he a junkyard cornerback, basically. <laughs> um, now when you get to the elite elite talent, yeah, I ain't got much for you. But you know, on a down and down basis. Rashad Fitton developed into being a, you know, a decent starter that you can play in the NFL. For Trent McDuffie, he's not making the mental errors. And, again, 
I don't know who's going to have to cook him first. Maybe it's Jefferson Jefferson, J- Justin Jefferson. He ain't on the schedule. Um, Thank God. I think Tyreek Hill is coming because I think the Dolphins. He's are- also not on the schedule, though, Nate. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I think the Dolphins and the Chiefs are going to see one another at some point in, in fairness, late January. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's Trent McDuffie or the reincarnation of Deion you know, Sanders. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Tyreek's cooking everybody. Pretty much. It's not like you're winning that battle if you have Jalen Ramsey. No, everyone's losing that battle right now. Yeah. And it's the com it's the re- it's the same reason for everything. It's the combination. Yes. It's like he's great, but then also Jalen Waddle. So it's like you really do – you can't win. It's a losing proposition. Your plan is to outscore them, which has worked for some teams. Yeah, and to get to the quarterback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the 40 time has really jumped out to Trent McDuffie. It's translated onto the field. He was a 4-4 four, four guy uh, coming into the league. That appears to be right on what the eyes sort of show you. And, yeah, um, I think the next thing that we'll want to see is what is he in zone coverage more. They've kept it pretty basic for him, based on my understanding is. And it's not like cover three, cover one stuff. Like, cover one is basically no one get behind you. Same as man-to-man. Hey, cover three. Can you just keep everybody in front of you, you know, and then read and react to the ball? I'm looking for more cover six, cover nine, a little bit of cover two, like some more exotic stuff with blitzes behind it. So if they show more of that as the season goes along, I think that's a great sign for McDuffie. And then we can, we'll see if he can drive on the ball. You know, the the one slight criticism about this secondary is there are no ball hawks. That, but that's the whole defense, Nate. Well, I guess Willie Gay is their most athletic one who could yeah. make a play on the ball. Um, but they don't really have a ball hawk in the secondary. They're just fundamentally sound, don't give up the big play, keep everything in front of you, which, you know, can work in a lot of games. But maybe McDuffie, because he's had limited experience, because he is a first-round draft pick, maybe he can make a couple splash plays. The last time they had one was against Justin I was saying, Watson. Jalen Watson. 99 yards. That one was yeah. kind of important. <laughs> just a little. Just, just, just a little a bit. Just a tad. I, I think, though, and I don't know where you're at, uh, I know Frank's able to come back from suspension. We'll come back from suspension uh, on Sunday against the Chargers. Frank Clark, that is. I think Carlos Dunlap needs to be rotating in more even when Frank's back. I've been really impressed with what we've seen from, from Carlos Dunlap the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Uh, Yes. Uh, someone mentioned this to me, and I, I can't look right now on Twitter um, yeah. to, to obviously identify them. It was I, probably Alex. But the, although I appreciate them. <laughs> but they said, like, is he going to have the same hunger now that he's had 100 sacks? Interesting. And you I think was, he was fighting for the 100? And I was like, well, he would it, just turn it off just like that midseason. The Vin, no, I'm not saying yeah, that, but the Venn diagram was when over, he got to 98 and when he started going. Yeah, oh, started maybe just got healthy though. Could be the Venn diagram of that Achilles stopped hurting and he started playing good. True. Um, I will ask him that next time I see him. Hopefully, uh, at some point this week. But you know, that's a fair question. You know, uh, now it's going from personal pride and success to now team success, which he hasn't had a ton of in his career. Um, it would be easy this game to do exactly what you're asking, Alex, to just say like, hey, he's been in, he's been really good these last two weeks. Frank, you haven't been with us the last two because of suspension. We're going to ease you back in. That is what Andy Reid, by and large, generally always does to make sure that you don't aggravate something, you know, in the first game back. Um, that makes sense. Um, 
I just think now they have like legitimate options based on what we've seen with Frank Clark playing his best game right before his suspension. We'll see if that continues. Um, Dunlap with what he's done. I know George Karloftis does not have a ton of sacks, but he leads the league for rookie pass rushers and pressures this season. Um, so he's always around the quarterback, at least influencing the quarterback in some, you know, in some manner. Now, those quarterbacks have been Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and, you know, Malik Willis, who was very slippery. Um, so Dunlap thinks Karloftis is going to get a few sacks here and there because he's gaining understanding of the system and obviously coming better at just having a plan. Um and, yeah, Mike Dana now can move inside and be a pretty good speed rusher next to Chris Jones, which is, you know, a really nice element that they weren't really having earlier in the season. So they have a number of guides. But, yeah, I would I would continue to ride the Karloftis development over time with Dunlap probably being the starter. And then you mix Frank in and Mike Dana as the game sort of rolls along. 